Today's episode of the Triple Threat Podcast is brought to you by Blue Chew. Hey, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes used to have a saying, take care of business, baby. And if you got business to take care of tonight with your better half, the best way to do it is get to bluechew.com right now because only right now. If you use the promo code franchise, you're going to get your first shipment free. And all you got to do is pay $5 shipping and handling, making sure, like Dusty said, take care of business, baby. You're going to be able to take care of it right tonight. It's the first ever chewable, so you're not going to have to wait at that doctor's office for a prescription. It's fast acting, and you can use it on a full stomach. So if you've got business to take care of tonight, like the American Dream said, take care of it right. Bluechew.com and the promo code franchise. (laughs) The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. He's controversial. 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. He's outspoken. You will tell your kids and your grandkids and your great, great grandkids. And he tells it like it is. That you watched a great athlete named the franchise. And he was the greatest world heavyweight champion of all time. He is the franchise Shane Douglas. And you are listening to the Triple Threat Podcast. Prepare to get your ass franchised. podcast if you didn't know by now my name is chad and as always i'm joined by my tag team partner on the two-man power trip the one and only jp john paz and what an interesting show we have in store for you today whether we want to be thankful for thanksgiving or whether we want to wish our partner a very very happy unbirthday this is going to be one interesting show for the fact that we had one thing planned, and then we got swerved and uh, maybe smartened up more than anything. But Shane, welcome in here to episode number 72. This is going to be a, a really fun show, whatever the hell your birthday is. This was supposed to be a birthday show, but the Wikipedia gods can go to hell for all I'm concerned and for all John's concerned. Well, anybody, look, here is a civic lesson to everybody. You can't believe a goddamn thing you're reading on the computer. That's the that's lesson number one. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get this deeper as we go. But uh, happy holidays to you guys. Happy <laughs> Turkey Day to you guys. Coming up. <laughs> Thank you very much, Shane. Appreciate that. Same to you and the family. Of course, we'll exchange these pleasantries again in a little while. But I'm going to go here. I'm going to fast forward uh, if you're listening to this in the podcast world, you're going to miss all the fun stuff, all the dialing, but uh, we're going to have a guest here joining us in a minute, and uh, Shane, this is going to be a fun show, so strap in for your unbirthday spectacular. 
Hey, well, see, the first the first mistake everybody makes is that birthday because I was hatched. I wasn't born. I was hatched, and that's what's made me so unconventional all these years. <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, I'm going to make this first call, and then uh, we will uh, we'll see you on the flip side of this. So hold on one sec. Hello. Hey, Francine. It's Chad, John, and Shane recording here tonight. What's uh, what's going on? How are you guys? We're doing just ducky because I got some great news for you. <laughs> you do? Yeah. What is it? So you remember when we were talking, and I said, "Hey, Francine, you want to come on and uh, you know spread some birthday cheer to the uh, to the franchise?" Right. Well, apparently, we were worked by the Wikipedia gods, and uh, it's, oh, it's not even his birthday. It's not. It, well, apparently, I don't know if he's ribbing us or not. But welcome to the unbirthday spectacular. That's okay. We all celebrate on birthdays today, so it's all of our on birthday. How you right? doing, Franny? <laughs> what the hell's going on? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> You're up late tonight, ain't you? I, I'm waiting for you to call me. That's the only reason why. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, okay, it's 530. <laughs> so wait, you're sitting there drinking wine? Is that what you said? No, I'm not drinking wine. I actually made 10 uh, pounds of stuffing today for Thanksgiving. And, uh, what? And, yeah, right? What the? What do you have an ECW? You have an ECW crew over or something? I wish I could. I would love to. No, it's for my family. It's for my family, and then I taped, I taped it for the YouTube channel. So I, I'm teaching everyone how to make stuffing this week. So that's what I, I bet I it's today. delicious. It is really good. It is really good. I like it. So um, gotta, how are you? I have to talk to you. I'm great. you got to save me a little... Uh, little side dish of it because we're going to be seeing each other this week coming weekend so uh, uh i gotta I'll put try, it in the overhead for you <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure we can find uh some microwave somewhere in the building where we'll be but uh mm -hmm. it's gonna be a, i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be a lot of fun this and correct me if i'm wrong this will be your first thanksgiving weekend out in how many years Oh gosh, I, I I spent the the last Thanksgiving I wasn't at home was when I worked for ECW and we had turkey sandwiches in one of the buildings. Uh, so what, twenty something years ago? I guess <laughs> twenty something yeah. years ago sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah, I was I was just a wee bit lad back then. So now you know it's uh. I'm I'm kind of sad I won't be home, but I'll, but I'm excited to do WrestleCade because it's my first time, so I'm very excited uh, and and we're signing together. Yeah, so. the, the fans are going to love seeing you because uh, the WrestleCade fans are really up on the history of wrestling, and because you've never been there, uh, you're going to have a great weekend. I mean, you're going to have a lot of fun and experience a lot of fans that are very well knowledgeable about your career. It's going to be oh, a lot of fun for you. They probably know more than I do, so I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to learn because I don't remember anything half the time, so that'll be good. 
it. Yeah, it's going to be a huge weekend down there in Winston-Salem at WrestleCade. And I just wanted to grab Francine for a couple minutes here to kind of spread that knowledge to the people who may be attending WrestleCade that it could be one of the biggest ECW roster reunions that we've seen at a convention in quite a long time. And having you two there is obviously the icing on the cake. So uh, whether this is an unbirthday show or not, it's just really cool that we'll be able to kind of get to see this giant reunion down in Winston-Salem. I'm sure, uh, you know, Francine, I'm sure you're counting down the hours till, uh, till you start seeing those fans lining up in droves. I, I'm excited. I mean, the, the um, actual uh, panel for Sunday is sold out from what I, what I was told. Um, so I'm, I'm just, I think it's going to be great. I'm really excited. Um, I haven't done like a panel in front of people since Shane, we used to do the, um, what were they called when, when we used to do like, uh, we would get the awards and the, the internet thing. Remember we would go and answer the questions in front of the, the fans and, um, for, for the internet, you, you know what I'm the cyber cyber slam show yeah the cyber slam yeah 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 that's the last time i did anything like that so i I, you know it's it's been a while i've got to interject here for a second because this past weekend i wrestled gary wolf uh in new jersey and uh, everybody in the dressing room was showing me the replay of the you know several things you know the the halo throwdown but the, you know, I, of course, that night I wasn't totally aware of it because I was so involved in the match. But we had uh, several fans showed me the Four Corners match. And mm-hmm. uh, me, Jericho, Scorpio, and Pitbull. And uh, when Franny turns on the Pitbulls and then gets power bombed through the table, I don't think, and I could be wrong on this, but I, I'm going to go stick my neck out there. I don't think I've ever seen a bigger pop in the ECW arena. The The fans went crazy. Oh. And the pop <laughs> off that was incredible. Uh, you know, and, you know, we I've seen it a thousand times over, but, you know, not paying, like, attention to all the esoterics and then watching mm-hmm. that was the, wow. you know the pop was incredible it really was incredible which is a testament to Polly and, and to you taking that that ain't an easy bump as somebody's been wrestling for 30 some 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 years <laughs> plus uh, that ain't an easy bump and you know for a you know a chubby muscled up guy to take it is one thing look at Franny and and see so what it's going to be a great weekend i'm looking forward to seeing you well i i appreciate that um i think raven would probably beg to differ because he said his uh, return in new york was the biggest crowd pop we've ever gotten um, <laughs> well, of, uh, of course <laughs> but you know i don't know um uh, but yeah that i gosh i remember that night like it was yesterday and i was scared to death and and i remember I remember Paul talking to us before, uh, before we walked out the curtain, when we came back. Um, I, I thank you, and I, and I thank everybody that I worked with. It, it was a great night. It put me on the map, and I think it just got me respect from the locker room. Uh, and I was more than happy to do it. Yeah, I was more than happy. I was scared to death. I'm not going to lie, but 
Um, I'm glad I did it. And, and it's nice, you know, when the fans come over and they thank you for things and, um, we're, we're just, we're all really excited about this weekend. And, and I can't wait to sign with you again, cause I haven't seen you in a while. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, well, just to interject for a split second, for Raven to say that coming from the second best BCW champion in history, <laughs> that's saying. Right. <laughs> now, exactly. He's, he's going to call me as soon as this post. <laughs> and and give me hell over that. So <laughs> no, he knows. He knows it's all in fun. We're kidding. Yeah, and and I'm sure you guys are going to hear a ton of that this weekend, and that's why we'll have a huge, huge detailed report on it this week. And uh, I don't mean I don't mean to cut the party short, but we're on a uh, a little bit of a scheduling crunch tonight, Francine. So I wanted you to okay, pop on. Well. I wanted you to pop on, but please, before I let you go. Tell the fans about your YouTube channel and all the cool stuff you have going on there. You are quite possibly the, yeah. the ballsiest person to sit there as long as you do and answer as many questions as you do on that channel. So I'm going to give you a ton of credit for that. But please send all the listeners that way if they haven't done it already, which I don't know why they wouldn't have. But please send them there and everything else going on in your world. Yeah, I don't know why either. Um, all my handles are ECWD for Francine. Instagram, now I'm on Instagram. Do you believe this crap? I can't even. Um, Instagram, I don't even know how to use it, to be honest with you. But I'm on Instagram now, Twitter. I have a Facebook fan page. They're all under the same uh, handle or whatever the kids call it. I don't even know. And then the YouTube channel is just uh, the Queen of Extreme Francine ECW. Um, I do cooking shows. I do uh, on the road. Um, kind of like ride along, you know, with me in the car. Then I take you inside and we do the conventions. We do hotels. Uh, I tape everything, almost everything. Uh, so I'm going to be taping this weekend as well. Um, today, like I said, I, I did a, a video with my mom um, and we made stuffing for the holidays. So, um, I, you know, I try to just incorporate uh, different sides of me that people might not be familiar with. So it's a lot of fun. And I hope people can subscribe and, and watch it and uh, leave me some comments because I read them all. Right, can I, I, can I, I jump in I for a second? Sure. I'm going to jump in for a second because, honest to God, all working aside, I, I love to cook, as Frenny knows. And she sent me her, I, I call it sauce, she calls it gravy. Uh, it's gravy because uh, it has meatballs in it. <laughs> <laughs> and That's why. It, it's incredible. It's incredible. Oh. My boys loved it. I loved it. So... If you're listening, if, if you haven't paid attention yet, tune into Franny's channel because you're going to get some great recipes. And for the fathers out there, you can get some brownie points by just playing along. So great stuff, honest to God. Thank you. And that's the first thing I cooked was the, the meatballs and gravy. So that's the first installment. And I call it Cooking with the Queen. So it's really cute <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Okay? Thank you for the plug. I appreciate it. And I hope everybody can tune in. Awesome. And we'll, I need to get monetized. I need to get monetized. I need the minutes. Oh, get on there, people. Yeah. What are you waiting for? <laughs> Jesus. Well, Francine, we'll, see, we'll, see, we'll all see you this weekend. And we appreciate you coming on. And uh, have a great rest of the night. Thanks for uh, coming on the Unbirthday Thank Spectacular. Appreciate it. And Happy I'll text you when I get there, Shane. Good, good. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a great one. You too. Everybody have a great day, okay? You see, that's what we do here on the Unbirthday Spectacular, Shane. We like to bring on some people <laughs> that are so near and dear to your heart that they 
So, uh, really, again, want to thank everybody for, uh, for taking a listen here to the Triple Threat Podcast, especially coming up on this holiday week. Uh, it's a great week to be thankful, and uh, we'll be dropping this just in time for you to be traveling to your turkey destination. And uh, it's going to be a pretty busy weekend, Shane, but I hope uh, what we got in store for you next is going to be uh, just as fun. Well, this week, uh, this is going to be a huge week, and uh, I'm sure we'll get to it at the end of the week, at the end of the podcast, but Thanksgiving Day, I'm going to be in Indianapolis. The next day, uh, down in Charleston, West Virginia, and then WrestleCade, of course, Saturday and Sunday. But, you know, just as a little side plug here, if anybody hasn't seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet, you got to see it. It's an incredible movie. Uh, Whether you're a Queen fan or not, the movie's incredibly well done, and for me, watching the Rami Malek uh, play Freddie Mercury, you know, when they do the close-ups, <clears throat> for those of us that are very familiar with Freddie Mercury, he doesn't look that much like Freddie, but when he's on stage doing the, the you know, the musicals and the videos, that sort of thing, uh, the Live Aid scene that culminates the movie it's incredible if you have not seen it yet i highly urge you to go out if you're a queen fan you gotta see it if you've never heard queen before you gotta see it it's an incredible movie very well done Uh, it's always good too to hear that music back in the mainstream as well and uh the story you know i heard a lot of ups and downs i heard that people are not so thrilled with the fact that they didn't maybe explore some other parts of his life and that it did concentrate on the music. And I mean, Shane, I'm sure I'm the same way as you're going to be. That's the part I want to hear about. <laughs> that's what I want to see. So that's uh, yeah, that's a great endorsement. Well, well, my, my big takeaway from the movie was, <clears throat> you know, for a guy who is world famous, uh, you know, anybody that followed music, especially at the time that Queen was huge, knew who Freddie Mercury was. And yet this guy was horribly isolated and, uh, you know, lonely. That, that's the part I I literally, honest to God, had tears in my eyes watching this, thinking that this guy that has all of his fingertips, uh, is this lonely and isolated. Uh, my son, just as a little sidebar to this, uh, the day or two later, I'm on the road, and my son calls me with, uh, on FaceTime, which he never does. And uh, he's telling me that he had just 10 minutes before gotten home from work, and uh, was, I, the, he and I had gone to see Bohemian Rhapsody together. And he was playing for me the solo, Brian May's solo in Killer Queen. And was doing a pretty damn good job of it. Uh, and he'd only been playing with it for 10 minutes. So, again, if you haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet, you know, if you'd gone into all those little sidebars of Freddie Mercury's life, the movie would have been seven hours long. Right. Uh, the uh, Suffice it to say, just as what it is, a biopic on Freddie Mercury and Queen, the two hours and 20 minutes or whatever the movie is really does a, a, I think an incredibly good job of covering the major points of it. And then hopefully people go and dig in more and, and learn about Freddie Mercury, but he was, 
you know, it's selling it short, but he is one of the great front men of rock history. And when you watch this movie again, if you're not even a Queen fan, go watch it and you're going to be spellbound. It's an incredibly well done movie. Absolutely. All right. So now here we go back into the editing room here. I'm going to hit the dial button, and when we uh, pop right back up, we're going to be joined by uh, the next guest on the Unbirthday Show. So I don't even know if this guy knows it's the Unbirthday Show, but uh, stay tuned here, Shane, and don't uh, don't get too excited when uh, when you hear the other uh, voice on the end of the line. <laughs> I feel like I'm on an episode of This Is Your Life or something. <laughs> Almost like that. <laughs> Hello. Hi, this is Chad, uh, John, and the franchise Shane Douglas. Who is on the line tonight? Uh, th this is a uh, special visitor. It's the hardcore legend, Mick Foley. Oh, hey now. Ah, nice. <laughs> I was What's told up, there's a birthday. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for having me on tonight. Yeah, well, guess what, Mick? You, Mick, it's awesome to have you on. We, uh, we interviewed you on our other podcast, The Two-Man Power Trip, and we dropped the old, uh, hey, we're, uh, we're buddies with the franchise to cash in a favor down the road, but I got... <laughs> I got some funny news for you here tonight. Not only are you on the Triple Threat Podcast, you are on the Unbirthday Spectacular because the Triple Threat Podcast has been duped and swerved by the Wikipedia gods. And uh, the it's franchise... Actually, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Wikipedia is incorrect on the, on the information that they have on the website. But you should have known that whenever you saw the second wife, or the, who was really the first wife of the franchise. That's no, you no kidding. Know that the <laughs> you know, Shane, there's a there is another little uh, error that's frequently uh, it's it's uh, it's in the information for both of our careers. Do you remember Shane and I decided that we would have a better chance getting hired if we padded our resume to make it look like we've been working two years longer than we actually had. <laughs> so we got together and just decided we didn't start working in 85. We started in 83. <laughs> and to this day, there is, a, you know, I think the common knowledge is that I broke in in 1983 just because Shane and I decided to say it was so. We used to do a lot of things like that. Like I remember one time going to Clarksburg, West Virginia, we decided that we were going to take a little sojourn to, of all places, Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack. Uh, uh, you were you were half correct. You are correct that we we went to Cactus Jacks, but we did not decide. You decided <laughs> that we deserved wow. to open the show. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I grudging I think I grudgingly went along with you because at that time like you and I were having like state of the art independent matches, and uh, and uh, and Dominic really believed in that strong opener, and you strongly believed, and then convinced me. To <laughs> oh, yeah, hold time out. Time out. <laughs> I, I gotta I gotta push back against this. I'm not remembering the I came up with it. Uh, <laughs> I do remember us being at Cactus Jack. We bowled a game. Uh, I, I believe we had some to eat and drink and got to the building, and Dominic was none too happy. Yeah, he, he, he did not buy our car breaking down story at all. First thing he did was he asked for a receipt. Uh, yeah, he wasn't. <laughs> Cut us off right at the 
of the knees. <laughs> oh man, I think it was the uh, the the you know the butcher the um, necro butcher. Uh, I, I met him, and I was surprised to find out that he had started. Why he was at some of those Clarksburg shows? Uh, as is a that man. right? Yeah, he was there the night that uh, Tony Nardo came out of the stands to help Crusher Klebanski. Uh, no or, or maybe Yeah, yeah, like he was, and so he probably saw me and you stealing a couple shows here and there, and uh, yeah, we just <laughs> thought we deserved it. We'd already, uh, you know, I think it had gone to our heads just a little bit, because we'd done 100 West Virginia with uh, yeah. Bill Watts' group, and uh, and they were really high on you, and we had Terry Taylor, Chris Adams, and Buddy Roberts, you know, just, uh, you know, believing in us, and I think the next time we came to town, we just decided that we deserved better than the... <laughs> Mick, do you remember the, the night in Clarksburg, West Virginia, when, during the Bill Watts uh, U- U- UWF shows that Dominic had put on the tour, do you remember Eddie Gilbert and Terry Taylor pulling you and I out and back in the Clarksburg building? And yeah, I didn't know that it was Clarksburg. If, and they asked if we had ever thought of going on the road. And and I always tell this story because it's not to sort of aggrandize, self-aggrandize. It, it was n- neither of us believed we had the talent to go on the road and be professional wrestlers. Uh, you know, those guys on TV were fantastic and right. we might be good for the local level. Is that, was that your recollection as well? Yeah. Yeah. My recollection was that, uh, they, I don't know if I didn't believe that we had it in us. I don't know if I thought we were there yet. And I do remember that it was it was it was uh, Eddie Eddie in a major way, uh, but Terry Taylor also in a major way, and uh, and Chris Adams as well, and and Buddy yes. Roberts, you know the way, and you know we had been around, we hadn't been we'd only been around a few years, but long enough to know they weren't you know just blowing smoke that they really saw something in us, uh, and yeah. I'll add Missy Hyatt to that group too as people who. Uh, yeah. You know, who kind of said that, you know, we, we see something in you guys. You know, what's funny is I think by the time we did our second uh, group of shows with them, uh, Eddie and Missy, I don't know if they were married yet or were about to be married, but they were driving up. They see me and you walking like, you know, from a store and they not only could tell that we were going over a high spot they could tell which high spot we were going over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It had to do with something ending with you doing the kip up, which you know hardly anybody did at that point. And it was like, yeah. you know, it was like a, kind of some revolutionary stuff we were doing there, including like the, yeah, we had some, some really good stuff. I don't even want to go back and look at the matches. I'm afraid they might not be as good as we thought they were, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Dominic in, I always reacted better to a pat on the back than a kick in the butt. And Dominic was yeah. not a back patter, but at the same yeah, time, I true. reacted better with a pat in the back when he finally, like he, he compliments were kind of hard uh, to come by with Dominic. But when he, true. when he pulled us aside after the first uh, watch shows and he said, I think it was after the first night, he goes, these are boys. They could take this a match anywhere in the world. And uh, I had that was the I highest that. form of yeah the highest form of flattery, and I think it was 
really those yeah those shows that we did that uh, made me think and and you as well that I think you know I think we can we can accomplish something in here. I you know I I often look back to those days, especially when I watched the footage that you incredibly presciently thought to, to record uh, at Dominic's school because I was. <laughs> In 10 million lifetimes, that would have never registered for me to even think of doing. And that you have that footage, every time I watch it, it it instantly snaps me right back because those memories are so fresh when you look at the footage. And Yeah, that was, you know, I was lucky. It was, uh, uh, we was working, we were doing our college uh, documentary project, and I brought, uh, <laughs> this <laughs> to this day, the young lady reminds me of what I put her through. She wouldn't talk to me for about two weeks after we returned. And then when I finally, what did I do? What did I do? And she goes, Nikki, you made me sleep in a car. So she came to, you know, that was the way we rolled, right? Like I was, I remember yeah. that the Hampton, it was 40 bucks, 40 bucks back in, you know, the 86. Yeah. And I was like, now that's, that's a little over my budget. And so I've got two <laughs> sleeping bags. You can have one. I'll take the other, but uh, together we did this, uh, you know, we really did a nice job, and like you said, it was prescient that, uh, you know, she was there, they were recording it, and I was really flattered that when WWE did the uh, For All Mankind DVD, they included that documentary as an extra. The only thing they changed was the copyrighted music, Um, and it really... uh, it held up, and uh, I think it's just it's something I'm just I'm, I'm glad that we have not just you know not just the documentary itself, but the footage and showing where we were at that time. Yeah, it, it really was well done. I, I got to tell you, and I, I'm sure we I've told you this before, but uh, Dominic, you know, when you first were coming, Dominic, and you know, my job was to get to the building early and to the school early and which was like 6 or 7 a.m., uh, like still pitch black outside. And Dominic told me, there's a new kid coming. He always called you Mickey. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and he said, uh, there's a kid coming from New York. His name's Mickey and blah, 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 blah. So I get to the building, to the school in Freedom, PA, uh, which is now torn down. And I pull in. It's pitch black outside. It has snowed heavily during the night. And when I first pull in right at the bottom of the stairs, there's a car pulled in and it's running. <laughs> and so I walk over, knowing that this new kid is supposed to be coming. I walk over and I look in and I can't see anything, you know, because he was cocooned in this sleeping bag. And but all, <laughs> in the dark, all I could see was nothing. It was just like a formless mass. And... uh at first, I started thinking, I knocked on the window a couple of times and nothing. And then I started thinking, like, did somebody pull in here and off themselves? Did, like, somebody commit suicide? <laughs> in the, and uh, finally, Mickey started moving around and, and, and came out. And that's how, how, how Mick and I first met in the pitch black in Freedom, Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, the, the, the fun that we had there with having no idea that we were going to have any kind of future in wrestling, the the fun that we had working our asses off, but the fun that we had, I, I always, every weekend look forward to getting back from college to be able to go to school to do that. It was just a load of fun to me. 
Yeah, you know, uh, somebody just asked me, like, uh, you know, what would you have thought if you didn't make it? And I said, well, you know, luckily, because of that documentary, you know, would it have been worth it? And I said, you know, I just uh, I look back to the what I said there. And, I, you know, at that time, you know, it was, I think, uh, the fall, uh, fall of 86 or maybe uh, January of 87. And I said, look, likely, in all likelihood, I'm not going to make it in this business. But, uh, you know, the places I've done, the people I've met, the things, you know, the things that I've seen uh, have made this the greatest experience of my life. And I'd like to think that's the way I would look at it. That's the way people should look at it. You know, they shouldn't let, you know, one person, you know, know, whether one person decides whether or not you've got that evasive it thing, like, don't let that define your career. Even guys like Jason, rest his soul, Leon White, didn't think his career was worthwhile because he wasn't in the WWE Hall of Fame. And I'm like, Leon, no one can ever take away what you've done. Like you really did Correct. it. Like, please, like it's a blessing if you get, you know, if you're if you get inducted. I mean, it was one of the best nights of my life. But I, I you know, I would not have made it. I would not feel like a failure if I was not in. And I think some guys, you know, whether they make it to the top or whether they make it to the Hall of Fame, they do let that define them. Yeah, and that's that's sad because, again, we're a culmination of all the experiences of what we have experienced on the road uh, in front of every fan, every audience, every building. Uh, You know, to me, I look back, and although it becomes a haze after a while because of the length, thank God, of the career, uh, to me... Anytime somebody comes to me with a story and then starts to give me a, you know, a few points on the story, it, it jumps right back into my brain. Uh, and, and I was with Davey Haskins, who, whenever I went to Bill Watts's uh, UWF, he and I were put together by Eddie Gilbert. And when I was with him, you know, you, you sort of think that it's all there someplace, but as he started telling stories. Uh, you know, there was so much more memory there. There was so much more there, there, uh, as he was telling those stories. But again, it wasn't like I was having to fight to find them. They were all right there in my forefront of my memory. As soon as those pieces of information started getting tagged in there, I'm, I'm sure you're the same way. Well, there are some, some things I remember every moment of, and, uh, and some that just completely evade me, even if they were good matches. I mean, there's some scientific evidence to indicate what it is that allows us to <laughs> hold on to some memories and, uh, and, and, and lose others. But uh, I remember watching a really good match with me and Terry Funk from uh, ECW, and I'm like, I have no recollection of this match at all, and yet I remember every single second of a barbed wire match that Terry and I had in Japan in, in 95. So... Like there may be matches I'd, of you, with you and I that I don't remember, but yet Polka West Virginia, maybe because it was home of the Polka Dots, maybe because <laughs> we made it a point, you know, I had you in a rear chin lock and we were specifically counting the number of fans and we're turning around, you're fighting yeah. the chin lock just as a way to maneuver your way around so I could count the next six people in that, you know, it's 20, 26 people. And, yeah. uh, but yet I, I remember like driving home and there was like a, like a boy, it was like a fast food slash sit down, but it was like all you can eat Italian for six or $7. 
And you and I had had a heck of a match in front of 26 people in polka. And it was just like sitting down and rejoicing and just, ta- you know, you know, uh, just, ta- you know, talking like the future's wide open. You know, you have no yeah. idea what's going to happen. But uh, a lot of people go back and they look at those days, you know, as the, you know, the best times of their lives. And I think, uh, you know, I had certainly had some great years uh, where I had a tremendous time. Uh, in the business, but there was something just pure about those days. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, it's, you know, for me, looking back at that time, you know, I can laugh at every story because I remember the exuberance that we both had at all those matches. <laughs> and I often tell the story. I'm curious if you remember this. You remember how you and I learned what kayfabe was? <laughs> I remember Dominic was saying it. And, and we had yeah. no idea what it meant, right? And we were in, was, uh, yeah, we were in Warren, Ohio at the Armory. Okay. And some, I, I, somebody, you and I were obviously the first match, and uh, we're going over some things, and uh, somebody yells out, K-Fape. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I honestly thought somebody was yelling for a woman named K-Fape. <laughs> and... They, a few seconds later, yelled it a second time, a little more sternly, and uh, then Dominic came over and smacked us and pulled us by the ears into the shower and, you know, and and asking us if we thought we were big superstars and we, you know, we didn't have to kayfabe and and he went to smack us again and I I said, why do you keep smacking us? And he said, you don't know what a fucking kayfabe means? And then he, he must have realized that he had, hadn't taught he had us. neglected to tell us about that. <laughs> yeah. And he, do you remember this? He sheepishly, like, like after being so mad, said, it means get the fuck away from the person you're working with and ran out of the shower. And that was, I, that, at least that's how I recall learning what Kate made, man. I do remember your reaction to that when Dominic was going over a finish in the elevator and you're like, Dominic, what about Casey? <laughs> oh man, it was, we, yeah, we had, a, we had an amazing time and, uh, it was so nice just, uh, a few months ago when, uh, me, you and Mark got together, Mark Keenan. Yes. I'm going to see, uh, I'm going to see Dickie Flanagan in the, uh, when I go to Wheeling, uh, next month. Oh, you going head to Wheeling? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Dickie got in Good. touch with me, and he was a he was a guy. Another guy had a you know could could have made it. A good luck, um, good yes. worker. Him and Mark Keenan as Dante Danucci. Jason, now we're just throwing out names. People don't even know these names, so we're just basically right. having a private conversation on your podcast. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, when are you coming to Wheeling? Uh, December fifteenth. Ah, I'm going to be in. <laughs> go figure. I mean, I'm going to be on the other side of the state. I'll be in Philadelphia that weekend, or uh, New, you know, yeah, Philadelphia, Chester, Pennsylvania. Uh, but we, we yeah, we got to hook up again. Are you are you in WrestleCade this weekend? No, no, I'm not. Uh, I, I had a great time there last year. Hopefully, I'll be back next year, but uh, not this year. Well, you know, we'll do okay. it sooner or later. You'll be at WrestleCon for sure, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, let's let's book it, uh, Shane. I gotta Sounds I gotta good. run, but uh, I really just want to uh, wish you a happy, you know, uh, mistaken birthday, and uh, <laughs> always a pleasure to talk to you. I think uh, you have one of the liveliest uh, 
Twitter feeds uh, in the business, and I encourage people uh, to uh, to 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 check it out. I'll probably go on Twitter now and encourage people to check it out. I appreciate it, man. Good having you on, man. Thank you. All right. Always a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Hey, Shane, let's pause one second and remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by Blue Chew and BlueChew.com. Hey, you don't have to be a doctor to know the benefits of Blue Chew, but for those of us who need to be enlightened, it's the first ever chewable, so you don't have to wait in that pesky doctor's office for a prescription. It's fast acting, and you can also use it on a full stomach. It also comes with very discreet packaging so that neb nose mailman doesn't get to know that you're going to be taking care of business with your significant other later on this evening. So right now, if you want to give Blue Chew a try, just go to bluechew.com and use promo code FRANCHISE. <laughs> That's FRANCHISE. You get your first shipment free, and all you've got to do is pay $5 for shipping and handling. Again, go to bluechew.com right now and use the promo code FRANCHISE. That's right. <laughs> FRANCHISE. Get your first shipment free and pay only $5 for shipping and handling. Again, bluechew.com. Use the promo code FRANCHISE and take advantage of our very special offer. I suggest you do this before, you know, the Chadster tries to buy out the entire stock. <laughs> Get to bluechew.com right now. You know, Shane, see, now you're stuck. Right. Yeah, now you're stuck with us. <laughs> You're not. So, so you guys like reach deep into the bag to try to see if you can figure out the birthday, but it's, it's see, you got to understand, like I never have revealed to anybody in the business, anybody. The only person, in fact, tonight, my son lost the argument with his mother over my birth date only because she was married to me and she knew. Uh, but most people do not know and don't have the information to know what my birthday was. And it's irrelevant anyway. But but I, as we're talking about birthdays, I do have to interject here. I now identify with being born in 1982. So, <laughs> great year. Uh, That's a great year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it, you know, it, my feeling is that I am some number of years younger. I'm in better shape than most guys that are my age, and I identify with now being born. Let's say. January 1st, 1982. That's my new birth date. And that's what I'm going to, I'm going to petition the government of Pennsylvania and the U S government to identify that I identify with being born on January 1st, 1982. Does that sound cool to everybody? <laughs> yeah. That doesn't sound insane at all. Does it? No, no. There you Shane, go. I Shane, have, the funny thing is when, I went to go look it up. I literally checked like seven different sites. So they all must yep. have just stolen it from Wikipedia and then put it out everywhere because I was checking each time. Like, okay, that's got to be correct. Okay, that's correct. Okay, I looked it up under Troy Martin and then it said Shane Douglas. So I was like, okay, it's definitely got to be uh, 11, 21, 64. I was like, that's it. It's got to be it. But 82, <laughs> hey, if you want to be 82, that's a great year. I know that from me and Chad. I know that for a fact. Well, when, now, when you looked that information up, did you find this information about this fictitious second wife that I have or had? Um, because, I, you know, you can imagine, I go on Wikipedia some years ago, and, you know, I don't go on there and correct any information. It's, it's, it's all irrelevant, right? Because it's all just ethereal. 
it could be black, it could be white, it could be up, it could be down. Whatever's on there is on there. It's real, it's not real. Uh, but I go on there and <laughs> shocked to see that I've been married twice and have kids to these both these women and and there's even pictures of this person. Which was who I had never laid eyes on in my life. Uh, so that that I think was my first lesson into the world of the nether world that uh, whatever's there is there, whatever isn't isn't, and it's all just sort of Greek to me anyway. Uh, so why why correct it? You know, like why spend the time like what? Is there now a time like every week that I need to go in and check my Wikipedia to make sure every fact on there is accurate and and correct and then go back a week later and correct the things that have changed in that interim week? Guys, I'm I'm too fucking busy to pay attention to that kind of shit. And so it's it, to me it all becomes a game, right? So uh it's the, the I can tell you with 100% sincerity on my mother and father's grave, the birth date that is on Wikipedia is incorrect. And uh, that's all I need to say. Well, Shane, my I birth did, date is now January 1st, 1982. Shane, I did call your ex-wife. We talked for a few minutes. And then I actually She's told She's a sweetheart, her, ain't she? Yes, and I actually told her who I was and that I wanted your Dean Douglas here, and I got hung up on. So we didn't get very far. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm surprised you got that far. <laughs> uh, if you were even able to get past the words, yeah, Dean Douglas, you probably did better than most people. So, <laughs> with all the hey. stuff, and, and, and this will remain kayfabe between the three of us, but all the stuff that I texted you guys yesterday is pretty goddamn accurate. So take that for what it's worth. The phone number part? Are you sure you're talking about that, where we got some phone numbers? Is that no, what you're no, about? no. Oh. Every, that would have been her response to the, to the request for a phone oh my number. God. Uh, oh, my God. And and all the stuff that I said before, it's, uh, all of that was completely 100% valid, as valid goes. Now, do you think, though, if I showed up at the door wearing my Dean Douglas T-shirt that you can actually get from Pro Wrestling Tees and said, hey, you know, uh, this is former franchise, do you think that um, you have any of this stuff laying around? Would you say, no, I burnt that years ago? Would you say, oh, yeah, it's up in the attic? I, it was, she's got it up in the attic. She's uh, got it. I'm going to pay dearly to this stuff. Uh, but, uh, look, I, I'm, I'm a guy that knows stuff to hold on to. And, like, like for instance, my four high school yearbooks disappeared. My, uh, the, the picture album that my brother-in-law took of that first match in the backyard of my friend's uh, house, his father's bar, that Dominic and I first met at. Those, that mysteriously disappeared. Uh, you know, but, 
but see, this is where there's always a yin and a yang, right? Certain things of mine disappeared, and certain things of hers were mistakenly left behind, <laughs> like diaries. And for somebody like me that believes in privacy, I would never have in 10 lifetimes given a shit about what was in those diaries. Except that she decided to take certain things of mine. And so those diaries became fair game. And I've read every page diligently. Uh, and I think that's all I'm going to say here on the podcast. But they are damn good reading. <laughs> I love it. But another thing I have to say, because when we were texting uh, yesterday, we did say we have a couple surprise guests. And I said, former world champion, former uh, friend of Dominic Danucci. I didn't really go into the aspect of the friendship. Former legend, yeah. Hall of Famer, this and that. And you actually guessed Larry Zabisco over Mick Foley. I can't believe that. Well, the, the reason was because, like, I, I thought, like, the thing with Dominic was, I, you know, I, I was sort of thinking more like in his era. And uh, I, I remembered uh, you guys talking about, like, the affinity for Larry Zabisco. And so, like, I, I guess just that being locked in my head, thinking of those two things together, put it, you know, just sort of jumped it forward. But, uh, because we were just very recently talking about uh, Larry Zabisco and the, you know the whole connection to Dominic and Bruno and and all of that. So, uh, I, but I, I really never did think of, of Mick. I it hadn't popped into my head. Uh, it should have. You know now now once you hear the voice right and you know you you, you do that segment. You know, it should have, uh, you know, been right there, but it, it wasn't. I was thinking either somebody completely from left field or somebody more from Dominic's uh, uh, time frame. Now, were you thinking we? Uh, I couldn't pull off Foley? We wouldn't be able to get him on? Is that what you were thinking? No. I, <laughs> I, I, was, I started thinking, you know, I started thinking possibly Mark Madden, but then mm. I remembered that I hadn't that I hadn't yet sent you any contact information on Mark Madden. So that, uh, I thought that, you know, that might be it. And then I said, nah, yeah, unless I've been hit with too many chairs over the years, I hadn't yet sent that information. So pass, cut that one off of the knees. Pass, <laughs> pass. Shane, we, we have had him on on the, on the, uh, two power trip show. we've had him on. Pass. <laughs> What's that noise in the background there? I hear some like funny noise. It's a bird. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> Controversy is the name of the game, kids. You got to play it. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to tell me. I'm not the one who was bitching about it. I love it. Shane, <laughs> come on. Madden is a, he is a friend of yours. Come on. Sounds like we've hit a nerve someplace out there. Yeah, I love it. Yes, I love it. <laughs> you know, who, so who would be worth to have on? Obama I think, or... <laughs> I think Mark Madden. I want to have Madden back on. Oh, he can come back on for sure. I mean, I got no problem with him coming back on. I got no problem with that. But 
you know, I just don't want to ask the wrong thing. You know, I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want him to get upset, but whatever. I mean, he was, you know, he gave us great content. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Now, Shane, going back to, I know we're kind of joking around about Madden, but I just want to quickly uh, go back to Larry Z. With Larry, you ever wrestle him one-on-one or, or have any history as far as kind of you in, in the meat of your career? Because I don't remember you guys going one-on-one before we get back no. to Mark. Man, I just wanted to ask that. No, God, I, I, I would have loved to. I, you know, as somebody who still very vividly recalls the, you know, the, the, the chair shot heard around the world uh, as a kid, watching that i was hook line and sinker butt into it i can remember like it was yesterday and like pretty much every other kid that watched wrestling at that time uh but no larry when i came into wrestling our careers never sort of fell in together until later uh in wcw and when it did larry wanted to because of the pittsburgh connection and, you know, the whole thing with Dominic and Bruno, and uh, he wanted to play off of that, and, the, and WCW wouldn't go for it. Uh, they, they, didn't, they wanted to go some different direction. And I would have loved, I would have given my IT to work a program with Larry Zabisco. Uh, in part, in large part, because of being one of the kids in Pittsburgh who lost his mind when... Larry Zabisco hit uh, Bruno San Martino with that chair. But also, you know, as a professional later, you know, somebody who knew that Larry Zabisco could deliver on his end of the bargain. Uh, but no, we never, ever got the chance to to work uh, any kind of program. And, and we've often talked about it. We've often danced around it. We were in TNA together, for instance. We you know, kicked it around to see if we could try to get something there. And I, unfortunately, just never uh, acquiesced. Do you think that Zabisco is a bigger Pittsburgh star than yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I'll tell you why. Um, You know, and I think this this is something that throughout my career I've always done is, to me, all the guys that came before me are bigger than me. Um, you know, Bruno San Martino, uh, Dominic DiNucci, Larry Zabisco, you know, we can go on and on and on and on. Ivan Koloff, superstar Billy Graham, the Grand Wizard, Pat Patterson, uh, you know, we can go, go right down through there. These are the guys that in my head, I will always be second fiddle to, uh, gladly. You know, because these are the guys that brought me into the business. If it weren't for them, I, I, I never would have even thunk of getting, getting into professional wrestling. This was, to me, something that's, that's a bridge too far. It, it, it's like some kid going to the movie theater tonight and watching Rami Malek play uh, uh, Freddie Mercury. You know, that's something an actor does on the screen at the theater that I go buy popcorn at. Uh, You know, it's just there's a complete separation in my head 
from those guys that came before me that drew me into the business. And there always will be. You know, I'm, I'm not a guy that buys into the whole narrative of a, you know, we can portray a character. And I think I portrayed the franchise character fairly well. Um, but, you know, if I'm in a room with a Terry Funk, a Dominic DiNucci, a Larry Zabisco, a whoever of this generation from before me, I very quickly fall into the fanboy role. You know, because I'm such a fan, such a mark. And you guys have heard it a million times in my career. I'm a, I consider myself a mark. I don't think that's a bad word. I don't see it as a as a negative thing. You know, maybe there are some people online that think it has a negative connotation. I'm a mark. I wouldn't be in this business if I wasn't a mark. I've been a mark since 1967, uh, when I can first earliest recollect watching professional wrestling, studio wrestling out of Pittsburgh. So, and, and I still have incredibly vivid memories of my living room watching that show. Uh, I can honest to God still see it. And the sun going down dusk, the color of the carpeting, the, where the couch was. It's incredibly how indelibly marked into my brain that memory is, you know, so you can imagine and just knowing what I just said, how incredible it was for me to then later meet Dominic, how more incredible it was that I became friends with Dominic, how more incredible it was that I was trained by Dominic and have maintained a friendship with Dominic over these years and then got to meet guys that I watched on the television, Larry Zabisco, Ivan Koloff, Dominic DiNucci, Bruno Sammartino, superstar Billy Graham, jumping Johnny DeFazio, all of these guys. Uh, to me, I still consider myself an incredibly lucky person. I've been incredibly blessed in my, in my life that I've been able to follow a path that I didn't think I was qualified to follow uh, and yet was able to do that and have met people that, you know, on the television, you know, I think most people watch a television and they think, or, uh, you know, in the movie theater or whatever, you know, today, I guess you'd say on your tablet or your phone and it's not real. It's, it, yeah, it's, you know, you're watching footage, but it's not real because you're never going to meet these people. It's, it's not real because they're in a different world. And as a young kid, he used to get sent to his bedroom because I would jump off the couch with, uh, I used to always wrap a towel around my neck and put a safety pin through. <laughs> Think about this. I, I have a safety pin through you know, holding it together like Batman, right? And jumping off the couch onto my brothers, my brother and my sisters. And I would never see the end of the wrestling show. And I, because I would get in trouble for doing that and then get sent to my bedroom. And the reason I would do that was because I was watching the campy Batman show with Adam West and, and, and Burt Ward. Uh, you know, the, the great 
Batman show at the end of the 60s. Uh, I can't imagine my kids jumping around with, you know, a towel around their neck and a safety pin through their throat. Uh, but, you know, that was, that was my upbringing. You know, I watched these guys on television in another universe, in another world, uh, that you, you, you can't just step through the TV and into that world. And yet, after meeting people like Mick Foley and having known Dominic Danucci and trained with Dominic, I got the chance to do what 99.9999% of the population doesn't get to do. Step through that screen and into that world. And, uh, you know, to me, I, I look back at it even today, after all this time, I look back at it and I'm in awe of it. You know, that I was able to do it and had the chance to do it and was able to make some semblance of an imprint on that. Uh, to me, it's still incredible. It's still, when I think of it in those terms, uh, still jaw-dropping to me. Now, Shane, I'm going to go to an AFA, Ask Franchise Anything. We had so many good ones last week, and so many good fans wrote in, and so many loyal fans. But here's another one from Jeremy Burge, at Burge Jeremy. I have always wondered why WCW did not use the triple threat, considering all three guys were there. You can Dito and Bam Bam all around the same time. And the second question, it would have, or maybe even more of a point, but it would have been awesome to get a Toy Biz figure three-pack, which I totally agree with as well. Yeah, uh, the my understanding is that with the, uh, the the triple threat triple pack is that the WWE still has some kind of rights to the Bam Bam Bigelow uh, character. I don't know if that's correct. That's what I've heard. I haven't taken time to research it. If that's the case, I I, I would suggest that you know for the family's sake for his kids sakes that it might be time for somebody to think about possibly letting the family try to imbibe on uh, his kids imbibe on his legacy uh, you know how much money's enough you know mm. it, it, and that, that's the first thing. The, the, the second part of it is with uh, what was the first part of that question? With uh, well, he meant to- the toy biz line in, in about ninety nine two thousand era. He said it would have been awesome if since you all three of you guys were there at that point. If you guys would have yeah, had a three back, would have been cool. The only, the only answer I can give you as to why there was not some thought in WCW. Uh, to to play off the triple threat. Exactly. Why is, no triple threat in WCW? Exactly. It, is, it was WCW. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the fact that there are universities today holding uh, master's degree business classes on what not to do and using WCW as the example, I think, speaks for itself. Um the uh, in a closer sense, I think that at that time, 
there was still a misguided belief, an incredibly misguided belief, that ECW was still the minor leagues. And, well, we're WCW, we're the major league. And yet, I have yet to hear somebody chant WCW today. Uh, it's just so, you know, everything is relevant. You know, it's all right. This is my, you know, if we can segue for a split second back into how their show originally began uh, with talking about, you know, judging somebody in 1860 in 28 through 2018 eyes. Uh, you know, today in 2018, it's easy to look back knowing the histories and say, well, ECW was incredibly hot. WCW was fixing the fold and, you know, the, the rest of that. But at the time, I think it was really easy, especially if you were uh, blinded, if you had blinders on, it was really easy to tell yourself and convince yourself that you are the major league and that other company is the minor league. And yet here we are. 25 years later, and I think it's been completely reversed. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, what's the old saying? Time heals all, all wounds. And, you know, with all things being equal, I think if you were to ask a wrestling fan today, would you take the ECW roster and Paul Heyman, the WCW roster and Eric Bischoff or the WWF roster and Vince McMahon in 94, 5, 6, 7, which would you proceed with? I think that the vast majority of people might say ECW and Paul Heyman. It doesn't make it a correct statement. It doesn't make it an incorrect statement. But I think that if you're asking wrestling fans based off of the, the liturgy that is professional wrestling history, that you would have a majority of people say the Paul Heyman and ECW. Except for one person. Who? Who do you, it's not me. Who's the one person clamoring for WCW to come back? On this uh, on this show right now, it ain't me. It ain't you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey I, I was a big, you know, I, I I was a guy that was an NWA WCW guy compared to WWF. But uh, again, in 2018, looking back, knowing all the things that we know, uh, I think a majority of wrestling fans would situate on the ECW locker room. That's my opinion. I, I, I have no scientific proof of that. It's, it's just based off of the things that I've witnessed for the last 25 years. And, uh, you know, talking to fans ad nauseum every weekend for the last 25 years. Uh, we also had the luxury of having a passage of time. You know, so, uh, again, you know, somebody in 1860 at the outbreak of the Civil War fervently believed that slavery was, was a correct thing. I don't think you'd find many people today adhering to that belief. Uh, everything is localized 
the time frame it's in. So, you know, to sit there and say, well, somebody in 1960 was a good or a bad person because, and fill in the blank, yeah, is absurd. It's a fool's errand because we're alive in 2018. So to try to make that comparison, you're, you're spitting in the wind. You know, unless you can get in a time machine and step back to 1960, you can't possibly answer that question accurately. So what did we, we what did we settle on? January 1st, 1982, right? It's my birthday. I think if we're going to settle on it, I would say January 1st, 1982, which means that you're uh, eight months older than John and you're nine months older than me. It's a pretty damn good age. 36. It's a pretty good age. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> is a perfect, perfect time to be alive. This is uh, pretty much how I feel today. Uh, but chain the back and, you know, the neck, you know, and I wake up every day, I got this pain, you know, it's, it's, it's getting, yeah, you, it's getting you old. Guys, yeah, you guys, you guys got to figure out, the, I, I honestly did not start to feel like the, the pains of aging until about three years ago. And, and even then it wasn't. Like today, I honestly, in my brain, I, I still feel like I'm 15 years old. I, I still have a zest for life to get up every morning and get out there and get things done. Uh, but, you know, I, I it's, when I look in the mirror, I don't recognize the guy that's looking back at me. <laughs> well, let me tell you something, and I'm not just uh, blowing smoke up your rear because you're on the line with us, but it's all the pictures coming out of this weekend, Shane. You're doing just fine as, as compared to other... Other, I'm not taking shots at anybody, but you know when you look at the picture of the franchise in 2018, you, you see the franchise. So do not, uh, don't don't ever take a knock at yourself for that. You're still looking pretty damn good these days. I feel good, thank you. I I, I feel good. I I uh, I really do, and it, it's why I'm reticent to. My friends are constantly trying to fix me up with somebody or. I'm be on some kind of fool's like blind date or whatever. <laughs> I, I just like to me. I I've watched like this weekend. Uh, I was we were Eric and I were driving home Friday night um, from the event, and my oldest son Connor called me, and we had just seen Bohemian Rhapsody the night before, and. And he called me on FaceTime, which is real unusual for Connor. He's only done that a few times. Uh, and I thought maybe like maybe he hit the wrong button or something. And here he was sitting with his guitar, and he said, Dad, I just got home about 15 minutes ago, and I started playing with it. I wanted to see if I could pick it up and, and tell me what you think. And he started playing this Brian May solo in the middle of Killer Queen. And he had about 75% of it sounded exactly like Brian May, which, you know, is incredible because Brian May is one of the greatest rock guitarists of all time. But, you know, and he was explaining to me that there are, you know, I was a bassist. So for me, it was like, you know, very few chords, mostly notes. And he was explaining to me, like, in the different licks and transitions, that, like where he was getting caught up. And I said, I told him, I said, just, you know, I'm sure if you play with that for a, you know, a couple hours, you'll have it nailed. And, uh, but it was just incredible to hear 
And for me, as a father, uh, you know, forget that, not even as a father, just as a person. Like, to me, hearing a 17-year-old kid taking the time to learn something like that and get it down and, you know, then to FaceTime me to play that, uh, to me, is a million times more impressive than anything I ever accomplished in wrestling. That, to me, is like pretty goddamn cool. And, you know, so, you know, from that end, like I, like I always tell people when I go to, uh, you know, things that either of my kids have, whether it's my son playing hockey or uh, basketball or football or something else, or my older son doing something on stage, you know, I, I, you, I'll always hear, you know, a couple people like whispering in the back, you know, Shane Douglas, uh, occasion, very occasionally, thankfully, uh, somebody will come up and say, hey, you know, aren't you Shane Douglas or whatever? And, and I'll explain to them very quickly. Yes, I am, but I'm not here to be Shane Douglas. I'm here as Connor Caden Martin's father. And, you know, thankfully, to date, nobody's ever, you know, pushed back on that. Like, they get it. And, and, and I mean that, like, that's not just like a, like some kind of cliche or a phrase I throw out. I, I'm not there to be Shane Douglas. You know, that's, that's some guy I played a long time ago in my life and had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, and am proud of what I've accomplished with that. But now, you know, that's, that's something in my deep past. Uh, I, I still, you know, make a living off of that and I still have fun doing it. But if it's my son playing guitar or my other son playing sports and Shane Douglas, Shane Douglas has got to take a back seat. Uh, it's just, you know, just the way I think. And I'm completely comfortable with that. In fact, I'm excited by that, you know, because I watch my kids, you know, you're, you're, for anybody that's a parent can understand watching their kids grow up and develop, uh, for me, it's incredibly cool. And, uh, you know, I take a lot of, a lot of pride in that and, and a lot of solace in that, uh, because a mostly thankful that neither of my boys wanted to follow me into professional wrestling. And I don't say that in any way to, to take a jab at professional wrestling. I, I say that because of what I've learned in professional wrestling. I went in completely eyes wide shut. I, I was completely blind to the business. Uh, not at all worldly about what the industry I was getting into. But I jumped in with both feet. Uh, I didn't do it as uh, something I was going to try out. Uh you know, do half-assed, and when it didn't work anymore, move on to something else. I always envisioned myself moving to something else. And when that didn't happen, because I was good at my industry, and and 
and and thoroughly loved it uh, that I didn't move on, even when I had the opportunity for, like, say, for instance, medical school. Uh, but now, where I am in my life now, I'm all about being a dad and watching and supporting and disciplining and pushing to see these two young men become what they can do with their lives and but hope with every fiber of my being that they eclipse everything that I've ever done in my life a million times over. Uh, I am so in awe of both of them and watching them and so in love and watching them develop into, into men and young men. You know, it's, it is an incredibly cool thing to watch. It's amazing. And are you, are you ribbing us? Is tomorrow your birthday? Because that was very birthday-like, that you would reflect in the way you just did. I feel like you're ribbing us. No. No. <laughs> I, 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 again, like I said, I, when I, if I invoke my mother and father, I would not lie. Uh, what is written on Wikipedia is not accurate. Uh, and I've, I've never corrected it because I've always made a, a distinct separation between who Shane Douglas is and who Troy Martin is. Uh, it's the reason I used the stage name in the first place. When Eddie Gilbert first said, said to me, do you want to use a stage name or uh, your shoot name? I didn't know what he meant. And when he explained it to me and he said, if you use your shoot name, then anybody can call a hotel and say, ring me through to Troy Martin's room. And I go, oh, no, 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 no. I, I've been stage name for sure. My dad never understood it. My dad always thought I was embarrassed of my name. Oh, I'm embarrassed of my name. I'm, I'm proud of my family history. Uh, but I didn't want that because I am Troy Martin and Shane Douglas are two very separate people. And, uh, when I, my publicist who passed away several years ago, uh, uh, Bridget Petrello, and she said, uh, you know, there's things on your Facebook here that, you know, or on your Wikipedia page are accurate. And she was the one that first alerted me to have this second wife. Uh, I said, you know, and she would often go on there and correct things. And I told her finally, just let it go. Because you're one person on there trying to correct information, and there's God knows how many thousands, if not more, trying to put more bullshit on there. So just let it go. Whatever's on there is on there. Now, if somebody goes on there and says, Troy Martin's a child molester or a drug dealer, yeah, we'll, we'll go on there and fix that. But uh, as far as the other stuff, it's all, it's all part of the liturgy, right? So if, if my birth date says, what, November, what's today, 20, 21st? So if it says November 21st, then it's November 21st for the fans that read that. Uh, if it's some other date, if it's January 1st, 1982, even better. Uh, it's irrelevant. It, it, it's, you know, you, have you guys reached the age yet where you decided that birth dates are irrelevant? <laughs> well, I think we're on the wrong side of 35, I can say that much. <laughs> so, 
if you're not there, you'll you'll be there very soon. And and to me, it's just a day in the year. It's it, it, as crazy as it sounds. Like holidays, birth dates, stuff like that. It's just another day in the year. It's it's uh, like this Thursday. I'll be on the road. And, like, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I don't feel like, oh, geez, i got to go on the road and I'm missing things. It's, <laughs> it honestly is just like another day. It, it, it's, so what's, how's this Thursday any different than last Thursday or next Thursday? It's all the same thing. Yeah, no, you you got a damn good point there. But look, this has been a lot of fun regardless of your birthday or not. I, uh, I'm glad we were able to make it happen and make it happen in a big way. But before we get into this wrap-up, I don't want to forget this. Uh, Shane, we did pick a winner for the uh, the upcoming promotion that we had with uh, Figures Toy Company. Uh, I sweetened the pot a little bit. I ended up digging into the uh, two-man power trip of Wrestling Vault, and the winner of this uh, contest is not just getting the Chris Hero action figure from Figures Toy Company. They are getting hot off the presses a two-man power trip of wrestling sticker, they are getting a Triple Threat podcast sticker, and they're also getting themselves their own franchise Shane Douglas signed photograph. So really sweet. Nice. Yeah, really sweet in the pot on this one, Shane. And uh, the lucky winner is a great listener of the show. And it is always funny when you can randomly draw these names and it be somebody that you know who, who responds to the show, who always tweets out about the show and always reaches out. So uh, Kevin Kimmins, a.k.a at Kevin Kimmins, very simple. Uh, you are the winner, and I appreciate you uh, taking the time to enter the contest using the hashtag FranchiseFTC. So there we go. We got ourselves another winner. Congratulations, Kevin. Thanks for listening and following along. That's that, that's cool. I mean, because that's the first prize pack we put out like that, correct? Correct. Absolutely correct. Very cool. Happy holidays to you, my man. Absolutely. The first of many. Let's just uh, leave it at that. I love putting these little things together. So as we wrap it up here in a nice big old bow, this coming weekend, the huge WrestleCade weekend. Shane, you said you're going to be out there traveling Thursday. I know you're packed from Thursday all the way to Sunday. And we will be seeing you Saturday morning. John's taking the drive down with uh, the mammoth King Kong Bundy. Uh, I'm sure that's going to be an interesting car ride. And I will be meeting them down there. Saturday morning, uh, taking care of some two-man power trip of wrestling business. But where are you going to be, Shane? Where are all these great stops along the way in the franchise uh, road to WrestleCade? Well, like I said, uh, Thanksgiving Day, I'll be in Indianapolis uh, wrestling with uh, uh, ICW and then moving to Charleston, uh, West Virginia on Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday, of course, at WrestleCade. In Winston Salem, uh, and Sunday uh, of special note, we have the ECW panel. You know, so this is going to be a really rare opportunity for fans to sit and talk to all of the ECW guys, not just this one or that one or these few. Uh, it's going to be the entire panel, and really looking forward to that because you know it's it's rare that you get all of us on a stage at one time uh, to be able to ask any question you may come up with about ECW. So I, I'm really looking forward to WrestleCade this year. I, I, I look forward to WrestleCade every year. 
because it's a great event uh, that raises money for kids who wouldn't otherwise have a Christmas. And for me, I, you know, as a kid, I was such a huge Christmas mark uh, that, you know, to be able to help kids that wouldn't otherwise have a Christmas, I, I to me, is just something that is really cool. I, I don't think that uh, there is any kid on the planet that should go without having that feeling, you know. So to me, uh, the people at WrestleCade do a great, great thing every year with the proceeds from the WrestleCade convention. And then on, you know, looking to Sunday to, to be able to get a chance, like I told some fans this past weekend, anytime those of us from ECW get a chance to sit on the same stage, be in the same room, the same building, uh, it's a family reunion for us. At least it is for me. And I'm sure I speak for, for everybody else on the panel. So really, really looking forward to this coming weekend. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And hope to see everybody in Indianapolis. Hope to see everybody in Charleston on Friday. And everybody in Winston-Salem on Saturday and Sunday. Absolutely. And if you want to follow us, please hit us up on Twitter at the3threatpod, at the franchise SD. At Two Man Power Trip, at Wrestling Pal, all the great destinations, and hit up TMPTFWrestling.com for more information on all the upcoming events that we've got going on. The big mark out at the Meadowlands, WrestleMania Sunday in April, as well as TMPTCon 3 just announced in May down in Richmond, Virginia. And get all the Triple Threat podcast links, downloads, and all the great features we've got on the old website there. So that's enough out of us. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Appreciate you listening to the Unbirthday Spectacular. And Shane, I'm going to hand it over to you. Take us out of episode 72 and get us on the road to episode 73. Number 72 under the belt, number 73 coming. Make sure you tune in next week. We're heading into the holiday season, and this is a time that you don't want to be out of the loop. Happy holidays to everybody listening. Thank you so much. Make sure you listen next week. Because if not, you'll get your ass franchised. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.